Welcome to My Covid Diary. My name is Andrea Hardacre and this is My Covid Diary. Like everybody else worldwide, I'm trying to get to grips with a whole new lifestyle during the corona pandemic. I decided to chart my journey here. April 6th, 2020. Note to self. No matter how bored you are, never be tempted to play pontoon while tipsy. Was much hilarity in the house over the weekend on games night. Adding up anything beyond the number eight has always been a bit of a challenge for me, but after a drink or two, it became literally impossible. During a game of pontoon, I didn't know whether I was sticking, twisting or bust, and soon found my supply of chips sorely depleted. I saved face by winning Scrabble, but my daughter assured me it was only with her help. Whether or not that's true, it's nice to have it on record that I actually won. I'm usually absolutely trounced by my other half. It was fun sitting down as a family and we managed to just about get through the night without a crossword, which was incredible really. I live with two very competitive people and usually anything that involves any sort of test results in a sulk at the very least. Paul has a particularly nasty habit of appearing to lose before coming back loud and strong just towards the end of a game, knocking everyone sideways. He almost did it again, but thankfully was distracted. That said, tension has been slowly mounting in the house. Four of us sharing a space is bound to happen, even in the most chilled out home. With a teenage son swearing at FIFA every five minutes and dog walks and chores being neglected, there were a few crosswords on Sunday that had nothing to do with games and possibly a little bit to do with hangovers. It's incredible how much tiny acts of kindness can really touch us at times like this. There are two little girls who live directly opposite me. I love kids and these two are particularly sweet. They're always dressed in little hats and often urge me over to see what they're up to. These are the little girls whose laughter I've missed since lockdown. They've so far been playing indoors or possibly out the back, but today they were out the front in their colourful spring outfits, shrieking in delight. A couple of hours later, my daughter said, Mum, I think there's something outside for you. I've been waiting for some printer cartilages to arrive and expected a parcel from Amazon. But no, there in bright coloured chalk were the words, Hello Andrea, on the pavement outside my house. I was chuffed to bits with these little graffiti artists and drew them a message back. I didn't have any chalk, so I had to pin it up some paper at the window. But I might add pavement chalk to my shopping list. The news has been as challenging as ever. Channel 4 interviewed intensive care consultant Dr David Hepburn from Gwent Royal Hospital in a discussion that was both humbling and moving. 
Used to dealing with end-of-life care, the consultant is obviously finding the inability to allow relatives to say their final goodbyes or be with their sick loved ones in such awful circumstances really difficult. He's back at work himself, having fought off the virus, and is clearly trying to remain as optimistic as possible, while at the same time genuinely fearful that the numbers will rise. Watching him speak, I realised just how much his job means to him. I also realised that no matter how much I read about this virus and its effects, it never fails to leave me reeling in shock. How has this even happened? It's been very difficult to read about the nurses who died last week, Arima Nazreen and Amy O'Rourke, both young and leaving behind children and loved ones. It is of course heartbreaking and unjust when anyone succumbs to this virus. Every person is loved and every person counts. But there's something so bitterly incongruous about the very people who are fighting to save our lives, losing theirs in the process. I hope we look out for and look after their children as they looked after ours. In Scotland there's been controversy after Chief Medical Officer Catherine Calderwood resigned. After urging the country to stay at home during lockdown UK, it was revealed that she twice visited her second home in Fife. This has sparked arguments all over, with many stating that she simply made a mistake. I'm not one for witch-hunting people out of their jobs. The past few years have seen people sacked for all sorts of trivial nonsense. That said, I can't help thinking that a mistake is surely something done accidentally. And I can't see how you can accidentally visit a second home. Twice. Should she lose her job over it? I'm not sure. But I can understand how a lot of people would feel uncomfortable with their actions. I can't help but think they send a message that the advice she herself has dished out to the nation doesn't apply to her somehow. Others may and will, I'm certain, disagree, and I get it, I really do. But the problem I have is that however good she is at her job, once that kind of trust is broken, it's difficult to recover. That said, by the end of today, the news had come through that the Prime Minister Boris Johnson was in intensive care. Once again, he'd fallen under criticism for failing to heed his own advice, telling us how he shook the hands of many patients in hospital weeks before he was diagnosed. This is when Calderwood's resignation starts to sting. In comparison, her actions do seem pretty trivial. To be honest, it didn't come as a great surprise to read about Johnson being taken into intensive care. Any time I've seen him on television, he's looked terrible. As I said with Prince Charles, I don't wish this virus on anyone. I do, however, wonder if it will change those who contract it. Many of us are already questioning what's important in life as we sit in the comfort of our own homes during lockdown. But I imagine we'd be thinking about everything differently if we were taken into intensive care. This is what I tell myself every time I feel frustrated with lockdown. I am lucky. I am so incredibly lucky. Mm -hmm.